The Heather McCoy Show. And welcome to The Heather McCoy Show. In our middle segment today, I'll be talking with author Blake J. Harris about his book, Console Wars, Sega, Nintendo, and the Battle that Defined a Generation. Then rounding out the hour, we'll have Robert Larson join us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. But first, we'll start off with our regular contributor, the blogger behind fieldofschemes.com, Neil DeMoss. Welcome to the show, Neil. Good morning, Heather. Good morning. Uh, in breaking news this morning, the city of St. Petersburg and the Tampa Bay Rays have come to an agreement on their lease amendment of Tropicana Field. Previously, if you've kept up, uh, in their lease agreement with the city, uh, the Rays cannot talk to anyone outside the city about a new stadium or it be a violation of their lease agreement. Now with the amendment, they can talk to anyone they want. Presumably, they'll be talking to Hillsborough County, which is where Tampa, the city of Tampa, lies. The amendment seems to be more of an excellent agreement to Tropicana Field than St. Petersburg getting anything resembling an exploratory fee. Is that the... Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, I'm a little surprised at it, given that the city has been holding out for years and years and years and saying, hey, you've got to make it worth our while if we're going to even let you talk to anybody else. And instead, the mayor, who's the, the new mayor who's elected last year, um, Rick Kreisman, um cut this deal where it's basically, well, if you leave, you have to give us some money on the way out the door, which is not, a, I mean, look, it's not terrible, right? I mean, they at least have settled on if the Rays leave, then, you know, here's how much the city will get for, uh, for to, to buy out the end of their lease. It would probably be a couple million dollars a year in, in, in uh Payments plus a couple million dollars a year in paying off the rest of the of the bond payments on the old stadium. So, you know, they might get like thirty, forty million dollars out of it um, if the team leaves. But you know what the this mayor and certainly the previous mayor have been talking about previously was that the Rays would actually have to put up cash up front just to buy the right to talk because hey, it's in the lease they can't do it. You can charge anything you want for it. Um, so it seems like um, if I don't know if I'd quite call it a sweetheart deal, but it certainly looks like the mayor of St. Petersburg let, let Stuart Sternberg off the hook um, easy and said, okay, fine, if you want to move to Tampa, just uh, you know, just make sure you pay us something if you leave. Yeah, one of the questions I had was, according to the St. Petersburg uh, paper, it says payments would be based on how many remains at the TROP if the Rays leave. It's starting at four million a season until December two thousand eight. The gym dropping to three million, and then dropping to two million after twenty twenty three. The question I have is: Is that the total amount of bond payments that is left on the trop? Because I, the, you know, the bond payments I remember us talking about with Barclay Center is in the twenty nine uh, million dollar range. Um, the trap was pretty cheap, and it was built in the you know I think it was ninety. It opened. I want to say. Um, so th- there's really just sort of the tail end of, of paying off that place. So that's and and I believe and again I, I'm I'm not clear. I didn't watch the uh, the um, press conference at ten um, that the mayor had, but I believe that the Rays would have to pay the like two million dollars a year in remaining bond payments, plus pay an additional two million dollars a year to or three million dollars a year if they leave sooner to Tampa. Uh, uh, sorry, not Tampa, to St. Pete. Um, as as an early you know lease breaking clause, so you know it's something. Um, but even if it's five six million dollars a year, that's not even really you know that's that's not even a decent middle reliever. Um, so it's it's a pretty small price to pay for the Rays to get out of this. 
Uh, on the other hand, St. Petersburg probably sees the writing on the wall and figures, hey, if they're not going to be here in the long term, we might as well just get the land and uh, and back and you know tear down the trop and do something else with it. It's it's an arguable point. I think it's more a question of did they leave money on the table that they could have negotiated rather than you know is this a terrible deal? Yeah. Um... Since the Rays have wanted to get rid of the no talkie to other cities clause of the lease agreement uh, with St. Petersburg for quite some time, even before we started doing this show, uh, now that they finally have got this removed, who's to say they won't, you know, move the goalposts further back again soon when they want want to go? Oh, we want to negotiate this, and you know, the, how do they just start negotiating it to nothing? That's what I'm kind of wondering. <coughs> um. I think New Mayor was a big piece of it. Um, New Mayor, who just wants this thing off of his plate, would be my guess. Um, and you know, the council is apparently going to go along with it. I think everybody is just is at this point is just, hey, fine, they're leaving. Let's just see what we can what we can get out of it. Um, and it sounds like they did, probably didn't have very good advice in terms of what those talking to other cities' rights were actually worth. Um, so I, I, my guess is at this point, it's going to be less a matter of shaking down St. Pete for anything and more a matter of shaking down Tampa and Hillsborough County, because that's the big question, right? It's not about whether all along, even though that lease clause was something that was keeping us, you know, keeping the Rays, keeping anyone from talking about seriously about what it would take to build a stadium in Tampa. Now we have to talk seriously about what it would take to build a stadium in Tampa. And, that, you know, it's, somebody has to find $500, $600 million, and it's not just lying around. And the Rays certainly aren't going to make an extra, you know, say it's $500 million, say it's $30 million a year in, uh, in bond payments. The Rays aren't going to suddenly bring in an extra $30 million a year from moving across the bridge. So I don't know where this money is going to come from. Um, and that's sort of the conversation that has been put off for years and years and years now and now has to be, has to be begun. Um, so we shall see. <laughs> we shall see. Uh, I like I say that a lot, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the nation's capital, the D.C. Uh, Council voted to fund the $177 million subsidy to the D.C. United of the MLS. From reading about this story for so long, it seems like D.C. finances are pretty strained as is. Once this money starts flowing out of the city coffers, should we be watching for signs like more public schools failing or bigger delays in police responses to 911 calls? Has anyone produced a study that's isolated as an effect stadium funding to cities to show a direct correlation between cause, subsidies, and effect reduction of civil services? It's so hard because there's just so much going on in a city budget. I mean, you know, the, the short answer is yes, of course, right? I mean, if you're taking this money out of the city budget, um, there's going to be some impact. It'll probably be more an impact on the capital budget, as I understand it. So what you're going to be talking about isn't um, slower response times. It'll be more uh, kids having to go to schools that are dilapidated because they didn't have the money to build a new one. Um, or didn't have the bonding capacity to build a new one. So um, it, the, the problem is budgets are so big and so money is so fungible that it's really hard to point and say, here, this would not have happened if not for the stadium. That said, obviously, you know, you put a whole lot of money into something and that's money you don't have available for something else. And it's very easy. I remember... Uh, 
can't remember which battle it was. One of the New York battles. It might have been the Jets football stadium where opponents were, you know, actually breaking down. Here's how many new schools you could build for the same cost. And does that mean that the city will necessarily build schools if they don't build the stadium and will necessarily not build schools if they do? No, but they will build something that they otherwise wouldn't be building. So you can, you know, the, the best you can do is really sort of break, break it down into here's what we could be doing if not for the stadium. Yeah. How big of a service did the national park system provide to those who would uh, like to have, you know, more people say no to Tom Ricketts uh, more often? Wait, say that again? Is oh, that how big of a, yeah, how big of a service did the National Park System provide to those that would like to, you know, for those people like me that would like to see people say to no to Tom Ricketts more often? Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's, it, they, they have this one hook, right, it, which is they control the, uh, the, uh, whether the, there are tax breaks given out. Um, preservation tax breaks, breaks are available to places that are on the National Register of Historic Places. Um, so, on the upside for sports team owners, if you happen to own an historic building, um, you get to access this this federal money that go, goes to help preserve historic buildings. On the downside, it means the strings come with it, the same way as with any other kind of kind of landmarking. So, um, it looks like the National Park Service has, at least in this case, ridden partially to the rescue. Um, they, you know, forced the Cubs to knock out uh, one of the big ad signs that was going to be in the Wrigley Field bleachers. They had to move and downsize another one of the video boards. And to me, what I think is the biggest piece is that if they want to put all those ad boards in the outfield, they can't put a ribbon ad board going around the front of the upper deck, which I hate those things, I have to say. They're really hard to avoid. They you know, like are right in your face, and they really kind of make you feel like you're in Times Square rather than in a baseball game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, props to them for actually doing their job. There's been all sorts of debate among the commenters on my site about whether or not the Cubs should be getting $75 million in federal tax benefits uh, for putting in a whole lot of new ad signage in the first place or for a renovation that involves putting in a lot of new ad signage. But, uh, but you know, at least they're they're doing some due diligence, unlike the Chicago Landmarks Commission. So the $75 million in federal tax credits, uh, that was before the renovations? Did they get that money before the renovations, or are they going to receive that after they did the renovations? Um, I'm not sure when they actually get it. Um, it's a tax credit, so they probably, it probably means that they can you know, get it as a rebate on their taxes once they submit all their receipts for all the renovations yeah. that they've done. I'd have to go and look back. I know the Red Sox did the same thing with Fenway Park. Um, that was a big piece of the, uh, the renovation plan when it was the community activists who were proposing um, you know, renovate Fenway rather than build, tear it down and build something new. Um, there are a bunch of preservationists there who were pointing out to John Henry, hey, you know, there's this federal program that gives you um, tax rebates um, if you are preserving a, an historic building. So uh, I, I'm not sure exactly when they get it, but it's, it's, it's connected with that. I mean, they're, they're not getting it for building the new ad boards. They're getting it for renovating and restoring the, uh, the structure of Wrigley itself um, and, you know, replacing all the old uh, pipe banisters with new pipe banisters that look the same and the bricks and things like that. So it, it's it's a tough call. I mean, I I sort of am not crazy about renovations of historic buildings or Fenway Park. You know, that are uh, on the one hand very considerate of 
how the building looks historically, but then also slather a whole bunch of ads on them. But is there a point at which you are willing to say, eh, I guess it's the price we have to pay? Probably. I think everyone would draw that line differently. Yeah, I would rather have ad boards all over Tiger Stadium than where how Tiger Stadium sits right now, which is gone. Exactly. Yeah. On the other hand, if, they had, if it was a matter of... Uh, you know, tearing down half of Tiger Stadium and replacing it with ad boards, then probably not. You know, I mean, it's, 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 it's a different kind of question than should we subsidize new buildings. You yeah. know, there is this federal program. It's available to everyone. It's, uh, you know, not a special subsidy. Um, it's a subsidy for particularly, you know, the federal government has decided that it's good to preserve historic buildings because we like history. So <laughs> it's a way of keeping them around, and, you know, you, I think it's, it's, a, it's a much grayer area about, in terms of that $75 million than, um, you know, just giving some team like D.C. United $175 million just to build something new Yeah, that they could build anyway. There are more NFL rumors uh, for franchises going to L.A. again this week with Jeannie Gogo Zalasco. Sorry, that was her nickname as a traffic reporter for Extra Sports in San Diego. <laughs> Uh, now KFWB is reporting that uh, AEG is hiring for a new PR rep for the job of handling an NFL team. The position starts in February, the window where teams move. Is there still a lot of smoke but no actual fire to the NFL story? Yeah, I, I, I think that's exactly where we are. There is tons and tons of smoke. And, you know, AEG is interviewing people so that if they want to hire someone in February, if there happens to be a team that comes, then they will have a PR person to handle it. I mean, you know, that's way, way, way down the, down the stack of, uh, of, you know, hypothetical conjecture at this point. Um, and, you know, AEG is going to need somebody to handle it if they do get a team, right? So they've got to start hiring now. It's only two months away. Um, or at least start interviewing now. I, the, it must be just the L.A. papers are bored is the only thing I can think of, you know, and <laughs> yeah. they figure, oh, you know, if there's any little uh, scrap of information about a team possibly coming to L.A., we can put it in the paper and run something. Um, but uh, I, I don't think we know anything more than we knew a year ago other than, yes, teams that don't know where they're going to whether they're going to get a new stadium like the Rams and the Raiders and the Chargers are interested in continuing to look at L.A. as an option if they choose to avail themselves of it. But, again, we knew that a year ago. We probably knew that five years ago. Um, what actually happens, who knows? Yeah, one, two last questions to leave off on. What do you make of the Raider fans and their lack of poodles? And the second <laughs> is, uh, I'm surprised the rumors haven't been L.A. and the Raiders, or I'm sorry, Raiders and St. Louis go to L.A. and Jacksonville goes to St. Louis because if it's like baseball, they like to put it, their teams in the most highest density markets in, in the country. I'm surprised that rumor hasn't started. I'm sorry to do the NFL's bidding for it. Uh, well, let's 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 take that one first, um, which is that uh, I, the NFL doesn't care where the teams yeah. are. You know, uh, basically, which is why you don't have a team in LA right now. You know, the NFL just cares they have good stadium deals. It doesn't matter what uh, municipalities have teams and don't have teams in terms of TV contracts. It's not like Fox has been giving them less money because there's no team in LA. It's not like Fox will give them less money if there's no team in St. Louis. Um, so I I think that that you know the NFL. It, in the NFL, it doesn't matter. You could put you could put all the teams in cities like that, Jacksonville, and um, pretty much they would make the same amount of money because the same people would watch on TV. Um, 
as for the poodles, right, so this is Alaska, <laughs> right, who had the statement about uh, how, you know, people might not want the Raiders to come back to L.A. because, uh, because those, their fans aren't exactly the kind who own poodles. Um, <laughs> there, there's all this weird, and I don't know exactly what she was talking about, but there's definitely all this weird, like, racial code around talking about Raiders fans, um, which is, you know, different from or overlapping with the image of Raiders fans as being, you know, tough or violent or, you know, not family-friendly or whatever. Um, and it sort of seemed to come together with the, the notion that, uh, I don't know, somehow the rest of the NFL fans are these, these you know, uh, meek white-bread poodle owners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I mean, I've been to football games. I've been to a lot of football games. But the overwhelming image I have is of loud, drunk people. <laughs> and... I, you know, I guess the people at Raiders games are loud, drunk people with more, like, you know, cosplay body armor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Darth Vader mass, and yeah. Yeah, but like, you know, I that, that that's no better or worse. I don't I don't particularly care whether the whether the drunk, loud person next to me is wearing a Darth Vader mask or not. But that's me. <laughs> yeah, that's you. That would be kind of fun to see at a Mets game, at least. Um. So, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, Neil DeMoss, he runs fieldofschemes.com, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for being on the show this morning. Cool. Talk next week. Okay. And, of course, this is listen, you're listening to The Heather McCoy Show.